Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Uh, Hi there, folks. This is uh, Rusty Thomas with Kingdom Moments. And today on this podcast is a first. We're breaking new territory. We're doing our first interview. Uh, We've done, I think, eight podcasts up to this point and covered a variety of topics, kind of whatever's happening at the moment. But when I was thinking about uh, doing the first interview with a a special person, uh, the first one came to mind was this lovely lady, Laura Clausen. And uh, she uh, has been involved. I believe, Miss Laura, you can correct me on this, but you were collaborating with Lore TV, uh, Marcus Pittman and John Speed and Kevin Sorbo on an incredible project called The Procedure, which we want to get into later so we can uh, so folks can learn about that brief video and how powerful it truly is uh, to touch hearts and change minds uh, when it comes to the brutality of the Holocaust against the preborn. But uh, I did want to introduce you, Miss Laura, and I thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule. I'm sure with the release of that video, you've been very, very busy. And uh, praise be to God for that. But I wanted to give you a moment, Miss Laura, to introduce yourself, and maybe you could tell us initially a little bit about um, your Christian testimony and the Lord's dealings in your life, and uh, we'll just go from there. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, so I am Laura Clausen, the uh, founder and director of Choice for Two. And so that is a Christian anti-abortion organization based out of Canada and operating worldwide now. Um, And so me, myself, um, I became a Christian at a very young age. I, I, I can't really remember a time that I didn't believe in God. Um, Praise God. I had Christian parents and I was raised to, to know uh, who God is and how uh, to become a Christian. And I remember I was four and I remember deciding, yes, I'm going to follow God. And um, I understood (laughs) that I had to repent for my sins. Um, And that happened. I got baptized when I was quite young as well. And uh, it just gone on uh, since then. And um, the reason that I got into abortion uh, was because when also when I was young, I saw a graphic image being held at the side of the road. Um, 
you know, those activists out there with the graphic images, I saw one. And even as a young kid, I, you know, I didn't understand fully what it was, but I knew that it was something wrong. And I knew that it was a baby. And that image stuck with me. Uh, so much so that every year in school, uh, I would always manage to do my <laughs> projects on abortion. In high school, I did my debate on abortion. I went to university and I did a minor in ethics and I was debating abortion in university, which was interesting. Um, and I started volunteering at a pregnancy resource center around that time. And when I was there, I came up with the idea uh, for Choice for Two. And it's changed a lot. It's been seven years since uh, we launched Choice for Two, and it has definitely changed a lot. Um, honestly, praise God for that, because I look back at, at what it was when we started, and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, yeah. And so that kind of brings us up to this point. <laughs> well, you, you did go through... Yeah, you did go through uh, somewhat of a transition because uh, at one point you were pretty much ensconced in the pro-life movement, and uh, but something happened along the way um, that really, I guess, uh, challenged uh, you in a, in a personal way, uh, and eventually you made some serious changes uh, when it came to fighting the battle against abortion. Can you maybe share a little bit of that transformation? Sure. So when I started Choice for Two, I really, um, I, I wanted to do it to please God. And I always had that uh, foremost. And so at the time I started it, I actually didn't even know that there was a pro-life movement here in Canada. And so I was looking to the Americans um, saying, oh, we need something like this here. And it was a couple different things that happened around the same time that uh, really opened my eyes. The, the one thing was um, at the Pregnancy Resource Center, I was talking with a woman who had an abortion booked. And she came in and she talked with me. And I spoke with her according to the training that I'd been given, which was, I can't say that abortion is wrong. Definitely can't say it's murder. Um, mm. I was just, I guess, trying to convince her not to abort without saying anything straight out. Um, and after she left, uh, the next day no. she, she called and said that she had gone through with the abortion. And I, I knew that I didn't say the things that I should have said. Um, and so that was one thing at the same time right. I was getting to know people in the pro-life movement in America. And I began to realize that maybe uh, some motives aren't <laughs> uh, good uh, behind some of these organizations. Um, and then the other thing that happened was um, Callie sent me his book. Um, yeah, yes. and uh, well, John, John Speed actually, is how that connection happened because he did his thing with the bookstore. And um, so when he messaged me, I was like, oh, like you're your bookstore guy. So um, we started chatting and then I ended up getting Callie's book and um, my eyes were opened and everything in that book lined up. That's the doctrine of Baylor, yes, yes. right? 
everything in that book lined up with what I was experiencing at that time. So I had to look at it and say, you know what, uh, this is right. I'm, I'm not doing this the way that I should. And choice for two is not being run in the way that it should. At, you know, at that time, we actually said that choice for two was a non-religious organization. Um, and we wouldn't have said either that abortion was murder. Mm. And so it's completely changed now. So <laughs> we, we first and foremost say we are a Christian organization. Right. And the number two thing is abortion is murder. So that's where we're at right now. Yes. Yeah, so, so critically important, you know, especially in America, Miss Laura, you know, we, we fought this battle for 50 years and, uh, you know, and we really, um, I guess what the pro-life movement did was to convince the church, uh, to trade in God's truth for their political strategies. And, a lot of these strategies came from minds that were not, they were not born again. They they did not have the spirit of God. They were unregenerated, and uh, so here we are, you know, attempting to end this horrible Holocaust, uh, not using the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so for 50 years, the pro-life movement convinced the church to regulate abortion, regulate baby murder, but not end it in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's where the abolitionist movement kicked in. And it's been going strong now for about eight to 10 years. And it is the most biblically consistent response to this Holocaust because the desire there is to meet God's demand for justice and, um, and to treat it as God sees it. It's a crime. It's called murder. And it must be penalized by law. And so you, yeah. you basically had to struggle through those two very difficult issues because, you know, so much of the pro-life movement wants to present the woman as the second victim as well uh, as the baby. And it's so difficult to tell an aborted mother, because I know personally in dealing with post-abortive ministry um, and ministering to women who've had abortion, you know, to let them know, I, I know this is going to get stuck in your throat right here. But you have to come into agreement with Almighty God in what you have done. And you can dance around this. You can excuse it. You can justify it. But God calls what you did murder. You, you took the life of your son and your daughter. And I've had so many women at first get so mad at me, Miss Laura. But then when God's spirit came and convicted them, and they finally were able to confess the deed that they had done and came into agreement with Almighty God. Well, God being so good and true to who he is, he comes along, he forgives that sin, he uh, cleanses that crime, uh, and he sets ladies free. So 
What was that like, I guess, Miss Laura? What kind of blowback did you personally get when you sort of stepped out of the whole life, pro-life narrative, especially those two issues, abortion is murder, and where the pro-life movement increases the victimhood status? What, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was... Uh interesting. There was definitely a lot of backlash from um, some of the leaders of the pro-life movement. The interesting thing is now, as of maybe this year, they've all come around. So even the ones that were really mad um, and who were lashing out at me publicly at the time, now they are saying that the woman is not the victim, that abortion is murder. So they're here now. That's so that's I mean, that's really interesting as well that that's happened. It's huge. It's huge. Well, you know, one of the uh, one of the chapters in my book, uh, Biblical Strategies to Abolish Abortion, one of the chapters is on incrementalism. And I share, you know, how there's an incrementalism that God will not endorse he will not bless. Uh, he will not approve of. And that's an incrementalism that denies his commandment and dilutes his truth. And then there's an incrementalism that God himself will do once he finds his people standing four square on on his truth. And, and I, I bring up the um, the uh, exodus in both cases when Moses goes to Pharaoh, you know, with the message from the Lord, let my people yeah. go. And of course, Pharaoh, through the 10 plagues, he was, he was meeting with Moses. He was trying to cut deals. He was trying to make compromises along the way. And thanks be to God, Moses stood strong on God's command. And if he had taken the deal anywhere along the line, Exodus would have been, you know, a little note in, in redemptive history and not the incredible redemptive story that we celebrate today. But one of the other things I do share, Miss Laura, is that there's incrementalism that God himself does. And so when he's bringing them actually into the promised land after he delivers them, out of Egypt, because Moses would not compromise the command of God. God said himself, I'll bring you in a little bit at a time. Okay. And so the major problem that we see with the pro-life movement in the church is they are planning incrementalism and they're not standing squarely on God's truth. Thou shalt not murder. And I think what we're seeing now, Miss Laura, and you've been a, a big part of this, you know, as we're beginning to stand upon God's truth, we're seeing the incremental victories come in. More and more pro-lifers are leaving the pro-life movement and they're becoming full-blown abolitionists. And we're starting to see this even in the United States. And so how how is that sort of translating in your nation, in, in Canada, Miss Laura? How, how is that process going down in your nation? Right. So 
we don't have an abortion law. Uh, so abortion is allowed throughout all nine months of pregnancy for any reason, and it's paid for by our tax dollars. So, um, wow. it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard because our prime minister is so pro-abortion right now that you can't even really talk about abortion. The bills that have been brought up recently are so pathetic. Um, like there was a sex selective abortion ban that was um, brought to parliament. And, you know, they, some of the politicians were asking me, can you, can you please support this? And I was like, no, because that's, that's useless. Um, also unjust, like any, anyone then can just say, you know, oh, I'm not allowed to abort my girl because she's a girl. Okay. I'm going to abort her for the reason of, I just want an abortion. Like <laughs> it's a nothing, nothingness. That is the best that we, right. that we've had. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's pretty bleak right now. Um, even, uh, when we sent out the procedure video, uh, to some of the politicians, even the ones who said they're pro-life, none of them shared it. Some of them wrote back, well done. Um, and one even said that this is very powerful, but she's not going to share it because uh, there's basically going to be a mass suicide of women who've had abortions and that we're not set up to deal with that. That was her reasoning. So, yeah, there's wow. just just wow. cowards everywhere. These politicians wow. that will tell me in private, I fully support what you're doing, will never take a stand against abortion publicly in the way that we are by saying that it's murder. Yeah, yeah. So that leads us to, Miss Laura, uh, this incredible video that you worked on, I know, with the help of Lore TV and John Speed, Marcus Pittman and Kevin Sorbo. By the way, um, I did I did a, a scene in a movie with Kevin Sorbo uh, called The Reliant. It was um, actually a pretty exciting scene uh, where I was in the lobby of a, a gun store shooting a scene there. And I'm, I'm in front of the door of a glass door and a motorcycle is going full speed towards me. And the last second, I got to jump out of the way <laughs> as the motorcycle comes crashing through the, the, the window door. And, uh, yeah, it was an adrenaline rush. But I, I was in that scene with uh, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> and that was, wow. you know, one of my little claims to fame, I guess, in <laughs> the movie industry. But uh, but anyway, can you Oh, wow. Share oh, that's cool. So we both yeah, worked with him you then. Yeah. So can you share a little bit, Miss Laura, how this this collaboration kind of developed? And um, and I mean, did you already have the idea uh, of the procedure when you began or did you start the collaboration and then start brainstorming and this developed? So how did that all come about? Yeah. Well, uh, when Lure was first starting out, uh, Marcus came to me and said, hey, do you want to make some content for the platform? And uh, and he said, you can make whatever you want. And so he said, why don't you try and do something 
bigger than what you've done before. Before, our videos have all been one to two minutes, these animations. Um, so this isn't that much bigger. It's four minutes, but that's a lot bigger than it, it's twice as long as... Um, anyway, so well, he Ms. said, Laura, why don't let me, you do let me, a let series me of you a question here. Let me ask yeah. you a question. Do you have um, any drama background? Were you involved in any of, yeah. uh, of the arts? Yeah, I uh, okay. Maybe maybe share a little bit of that first, and yeah, then go I, into. Okay, sure. So, yeah, uh, I worked in theater up until I guess five years ago. Uh, that was my job. I was an opera singer at the Canadian Opera Company. So, are you kidding? Every me? night, doing operas, performing. Um, no, yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, it was wow. cool. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's, that's my background. So I'm definitely an artsy. So I guess that translated into, um, I, I kind of understood how to make a production from a live theater sense. Um, so doing, doing, uh, these videos is, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my background. And, um, yeah, so Marcus said, why don't make whatever you want? And it was going to be a series of six. And so right when we were deciding what would be the first episode, I made a post online asking people um, if anyone uh, who is a medical professional, if anyone had witnessed an abortion, uh, specifically a surgical mm -hmm. abortion, if they would be willing to message me um, about it, um, what it was like, what they saw. And I got a lot of messages. Um, and this wow. one, which we made the video from, uh, really stuck out. It was um, well-written, so descriptive. And so then that, that's where I got the idea that we used this man's true story for our first episode of Exposed. And, and you called it the procedure, right? Yes. Okay. So how how did you um, were, how were you able to get uh, Kevin Sorbo involved uh, in this project? Yeah. So I guess Lore was advertising um, our series. We hadn't even started yet, and Kevin Sorbo heard about it. And just said, this sounds awesome. I will be involved if you guys need me. And so one day I just got a phone call from Kevin Sorbo, uh, which was <laughs> kind of mind blowing because I used to watch Hercules as a kid. Probably shouldn't have been watching Hercules as a kid. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. And he said, you know, if you need um, voice work for the animation, um, he's like, whatever you need. And so I thought, yeah, that would be awesome. So when I wrote the script, um, yeah, I wrote it based on this man's story, knowing that Kevin Sorbo would be acting it. And he just knocked it out of the park. Um, it Honestly, I think it's the best thing. Yeah. It's the best piece of acting I've ever seen from him. And so that was the first part of the project that was done. So when, when I got that, I was like, okay, the, the bar is high for this, for this project. And so everything needs to, to be at that level, the animation, the music, the sound effects, everything. 
And I, I think that's what happened. I think that we managed to, to pull off something um, very professional. Well, it's not just professional, Miss Laura. It's very, very powerful. Um, it's one of those things you wish you didn't have to even consider even making. But because yeah. of the delusion and the deception that runs so deep when it comes to this worldwide Holocaust, um, you know, a wise man once said, if there's something so horrible we can't look at, perhaps we should not be tolerating it. And it's a hard, it's a hard, I mean, we, we had similar videos in the battle in the days of rescue. We, we would show a video called the hard truth and it was brutal. Miss Laura, it showed actual abortions. And I, I probably have seen it close to 150 times in my lifetime and it never failed to plow my heart and never failed to, to break my heart and to weep, you know, over these precious little ones who are made in the image of God, you know, being led to slaughter. And I can honestly say your video, the procedure um, is along those lines. It's kind of taking up where the hard truth, uh, you know, kind of left off. Um, but except it's in a more creative way, I guess, Laura, uh, especially when it comes to animation. But even the animation does not dull the incredible heartbreak and heart-wrenching things that you see um, through this video. So, Miss Laura, yeah. since you have released the procedure can you tell us a little bit about its progress, uh, how it has spread, and the kind of uh, feedback and impact that you're seeing uh, through this little video? Yes. Um, it's It's been incredible because we fully thought that our platforms would be taken down when we posted the video. Um, I'm on my last chance. Uh, with Facebook and Twitter um, and a bunch of them, um, I got a warning saying that if I post one more graphic thing, then my accounts will be gone. So I posted it thinking, let's let's hope it stays up a few hours and I know I'm going to lose all the platforms. Um, and somehow it's still there on every single platform. And we passed wow. a million views on Friday. So that was on five days of having it up, it passed a million views, which is pretty incredible. Um, the feedback has been interesting. At first, it was mostly just people who are anti-abortion or pro-life um, kind of being like, wow, like I didn't realize how bad this is. Even people who've been fighting in the different movements were saying, I, I didn't really understand how bad it is. Um, and the pro-abortion crowd 
who are usually all over our stuff, they were quiet for about a week and they didn't really have anything to say. So, yeah. So now, now they've kicked in with all their nonsense of this is hilarious. Um, They're talking about eating fetuses, like all their normal, just nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know how that is. Just really dark and stupid stuff. Um, but I did find out that already um, through this story, uh, a baby boy has been spared. His life has been spared um, from his mom finding out about this story and finding out what a second trimester abortion is. Um, so that is the best thing that's happened so far. And we've also had messages from people saying that they're no longer pro-abortion after watching this, that they've, they're not anymore. They're now against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is so awesome. It makes it worth it all. Miss yeah. Laura, uh, one yeah. last question, Miss Laura, um, where do you go from here? Do you, you are you going to be working on five more? projects with Lord yeah. TV is that is that the uh, the plan yeah do, do you have any idea so kind there, of what you're looking at there or? yeah um, the one we're working on now for episode two is on IVF in vitro fertilization um, just exposing that for what it actually is I feel like it IVF has been so widely accepted within the Christian communities even, and I don't think people fully are aware um, of how many people, of how many human beings there are frozen right now and how many human beings actually die to get that one, you know, perfect child. So that is episode two. And then um, Another one that we're just nailing down right now, I think we're going to tell the stories of the babies who were harvested alive to create the fetal cell lines that we use for vaccines and a lot of other things. Mm. 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 It's like, it's like ghoulish. It's like we're living in a Frankenstein horror movie, except it's all true. It's all true. We're creating human life um, as as a commodity to get spare parts to improve our health and and welfare. It's just we have become so sick and polluted and defiled by this monstrous, brutal uh, act towards children who are made in God's image. And uh, the one thing we do have on our side is the Lord of glory. Miss Laura, and we know uh, at the end of the day, uh, Jesus is king and uh, he's going to reign on high until all his enemies are made his footstool. And that includes the one who has come to kill, steal and destroy and how he has gotten into that womb uh, to massacre the innocent. Uh, This bloody empire will go the way of every other tyranny of man because Jesus Christ is Lord. And Miss Laura, I want to thank you uh, so much. Uh, you, you have put your hand to this kingdom plow. You're not looking back. You're pressing on. And I want you to know, Miss Laura, God is using you mightily uh, in the cause of 
restoring righteousness and justice in the gates of the land and to protect these little ones by law and by love. I want to thank you so much, Miss Laura. Thank you for all of your encouragement uh, toward me over the years. Um, yeah, it's been really helpful. You've sent me some very timely messages at certain times. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, God bless you, Miss Laura, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And perhaps someday soon we'll we'll get together again, maybe get some more updates on on future projects. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Keep pressing on, Miss Laura, to the high calling prize. God bless you, sweetie. Mm-hmm.